Welcome to this episode of 10 by 10, which is brought to you by the Department of Business and Innovation of Bucks County Community College, hosted by Dean Tracy Tidley. Welcome to 10 by 10, the Bucks County Community College podcast brought to you by the Department of Business and Innovation. I'm Tracy Timby, your host, and today we have Professor Marianne Kepler here with us. She is a full-time faculty member here at the Community College, and she's taught psychology for over 20 years. Welcome, Marianne. Thank you, Tracy. I'm happy to be here. And Marianne specializes in mindfulness, meditation, and alternative healing practices, and she incorporates those tools into her stress management class here at Bucks. She's also involved with the wellness team and the sustainability team here um, at the college. And in the spring, Marianne actually was awarded the Faculty Above and Beyond Award for all of her extra work um, that she does to keep us all healthy in mind and body. And she's also on the board of directors for the Network of Victims Assistance, or NOVA, as it's known in the county. So I'm really happy to have you here. Um, Meditation is one of my... Uh, relatively new practices, I guess. I've been doing it for about 10 years. Um, I think you and I have talked a little bit about um, the Calm app that has come out recently. Uh Um, And that makes it a lot easier because it's 10 minutes and then you can kind of get into your day and um, 10 minutes at night or something like that. And it's been really helpful for me and definitely not something I ever thought that I would acclimate to because I tend to be a on-the-go kind of person and not a real um, person to sit still, I would say. Yeah, Yeah, because a lot of times, um, like to me, you're you're pretty type A, right? You're a (laughs) go-getter. And people who have that tendency usually go, oh, I can't meditate. I can't sit still. And meditation really is, like you're saying, it can only be like 10 minutes long. Yeah. And many people visualize it as like hours, mm-hmm. like they visualize the monks and things like that, right. the Tibetan monks that we have right. here. So when you say, you know, it's just 10 minutes, it's true, it's just 10 minutes. And and it makes such a difference. It really does. Yeah. It really does. Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of articles and I see it, um, you know, in my 18 and 19 year old that there's this rise of anxiety among college students. Have you seen that as well? I definitely have. I've been teaching stress management for about 28 years now and here at the college full-time. And I definitely see just almost every year like an increase in the stress levels of the students. And a lot of times for some of our students, um, like test anxiety is a huge thing Mm -hmm. because unfortunately in this current generation and the millennial generation that, you know, are attending and have attended the college, they have been tested so much in their elementary years all the way through high school that when we say, oh, we're, we're, I'm going to give a test now, they absolutely freeze up with it. It's just they're so um, – they've been so overwhelmed with it, really. Mm-hmm. And, and so so that's one of the major things. Um, other things are um, that we're seeing also are – what's interesting is kind of a paradox is social media – People think that their belonging, which is such an important thing for us human beings, we're very social beings. And a lot of times um, people feel very isolated on social media. They're looking at everyone else's lives that looks better than theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's And they're not out and about with friends. And even 
We see a lot of times people are even with their friends, but on their phone. Right. So it's almost like we're together in isolation. Yeah. And this, this creates a lot of stress for people. Um, students are also worried about um, their financial, their, their student loans to pay back. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a big thing. And um, so there's just, there, it just keeps climbing and climbing. I think a lot of t- times also people are worried about things like um, climate change. Um, okay. I know that's my sophomore in college. She's very concerned about that. It's kind mm-hmm. of always running in the back of her mind. Yes. Um, and she'll bring it up pretty much every time we see her that she's really worried about what the world's what the world's going to look like. Yeah. So, and you don't really think. Um, I guess people tend to think, oh, well, college students don't really think about broader issues like that necessarily, but you know, yeah. they do carry it. They carry it with them. You know, I agree, and I I think that. Our college students today are more engaged in what's happening in the world Mm -hmm. and in a way that's a good thing and in a way it's overwhelming them and And rightfully so. They have so much information coming at them all Mm -hmm. the time, like you said, through social media or different, Mm -hmm. um, you know, apps or channels that they follow. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I heard recently, I think it was this week, that a number of musical artists are starting to ban cell phones from their concerts because they said... I'm perform. I'm not up here performing for a bunch of phones to be taking my picture or recording it. I'm up here so that you can experience my music, and you're putting this barrier between me and you. Yes. So they're actually they have these cases that people have to put their phones in that wow. like locks them yeah. into the case. Yeah. So you don't have to give up your phone, but you can't access it yeah. while you're right while you're at the um, right. at the show. And you know what's so interesting about that is that barrier happens in everyday life. For mm-hmm. example, if you or I whipped out our phone right now, I would be thinking, is Tracy really listening to me? And you would be thinking, is Marianne really paying attention to me? Mm-hmm. And so, th- but you and I right now are making eye contact. Mm-hmm. So we know we're engaged with one another. And when we have those phones, if what's ironic about that is the phone companies tell us how connected we are, when in actuality, we're disconnecting from the people that we're with in that moment. Yeah. Which seems very counterintuitive when, yes. you, when you think about how many people, um, you know, the general population talks to at one time. You know, like I could be having a conversation with you, but I'd be having three text conversations and mm-hmm. then five emails mm-hmm. that I'm responding to at right. the same time. Right. Hopefully I'm not walking while I'm doing that, you know, because that would <laughs> right. be bad. Right. So or- how can, what are some of the things that um, people can do to manage their anxiety from from whatever source it may come from? Yeah, um, first of all, people should look at the three really basic things in their lives, which is how are they eating, how are they sleeping, and what kind of physical exercise are they doing? And this seems so basic to people, but we forget that we live in these human bodies and that they need to be taken care of. Mm -hmm. So there's a mind-body connection. And so if I am not eating well, maybe forgetting to eat, eating too much, eating junk food, a lot of caffeine, a lot of sugar, my anxiety levels are going to climb. In addition to that, if I eat a lot of sugar and a lot of caffeine, then it makes it more difficult for me to fall asleep at night. Mm -hmm. Also, our phones and any electronic device, whether it's a TV, a computer, a phone, any of that keeps us awake at night. So we want to have that, like, kind of that blue light protection. And, but... If we don't have that, 
What that does is it makes the melatonin production in our brain go down, which keeps us then from falling asleep. Okay. So like our ancestors, when it got dark out, they went to sleep because our eyes don't see well at night. I would like to do that. Yeah. And so really, <laughs> like, right, the first thing we need to do at night is darken our room, make sure it's cool enough, make sure that we're going to bed at a decent time. If we go to bed at a decent time, wake up at a decent time, then we have time to eat breakfast, mm -hmm. and then, we, then we're awake in class or, you know, alert at our job. And then also, there's so much, we, we have lived such sedentary lives. We sit on, you know, look at our phones, look at our computer, look at our TVs. A lot of our jobs are, are sedentary. And then on top of that, you know, TV, all that kind of stuff. So we really need to move the body too. And if we move the body, then we'll fall asleep easier. Because some people go, well, I'm on my phone because I can't sleep. But the thing is, if we move a lot during the day, mm -hmm. then we'll get into stage four sleep, which is the stage of sleep that really rejuvenates our body. And this is where a lot of growth happens, like rejuvenating our immune system, mm -hmm. our muscles and bones, et cetera. So if we're eating, sleeping, and exercising well, things just kind of fall into place. In addition to that, we can do things like mindfulness meditation, which okay. you were mentioning earlier. Yeah. So what one piece of advice would you give someone if they wanted to start meditating? Give it a try. Yeah, I think the first thing is have be very gentle with yourself, don't be critical, and do it for just a very short amount of time. So you were talking like 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. For some people, 10 minutes is an eternity mm -hmm. to do it. So what I would say is try like a 20 breath mindfulness meditation practice mm -hmm. where all you do is breathe in and out, count one, breathe in and out, count two, mm -hmm. breathe in and out, count three, go all the way up to 10. Then breathe in, out, count nine, breathe in, out, count eight, breathe in, out, count seven, go all the way down to zero. So essentially 20 breaths in and then, and then again, you know, downward. That'll take most people about three minutes to do. Okay, so that's not too bad. It's not. And the other thing I just want to mention with this, it's really critical, is people will go, my mind wanders, I can't meditate. What people need to know is even the greatest meditators, the, the Tibetan monks that were just here a couple weeks ago, right. they can't hold their mind still either. The mind is made and designed by nature to move around and bounce around. So when we find ourselves not focusing on the breath, what we just want to do is be mindful of that, is notice that and go, gee, my mind is out on what I need to do tonight, What's my homework assignments? What do I want to watch on, you know, on Netflix or whatever it might be? And then just go, oh, there I am way out there. Let me just pull it back to the breath. Okay. Some people who have high anxiety also will say they have racing thoughts. Mm -hmm. And so to just say to ourselves, okay, you know what? My thoughts are racing. And almost step back as if we're a third party and just go, look at them go and not try to control them when they do that. Right. That's really important because I think a lot of people get caught up in the judgment of, am I doing this right? Am I doing it well? There's no such thing as doing it right or well in meditation. The intention of doing it, the actual practice, is where we get the benefits. Yeah, that's, that's great. And it really is something that you don't have to be judgmental with yourself at all. Yeah. Um, that's, that's great advice. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Marianne. It was really nice having you here. I feel calmer already. Oh, good. Well, Thanks. thank you, Tracy. This concludes this episode of 10 by 10. We invite you to listen and share our other episodes. 